super excited to have you. I'm LaShondra Fames, host of Agents of Grace HQ, a podcast for service-based businesses with a kingdom perspective. You're in for an eclectic experience of ministry, connection, education, and inspiration. So let's jump right on in to today's episode. Hello, Vessels of Grace. My name is LaShondra Fames, Chief Collaborative Partner for Systems and Processes of LaShondra Fames Tech Virtual Assistant Services. And I am here today with special guest Alex Suchman, founder of AIS Collaborations, where she is helping small businesses set up the systems and processes they need to maximize their impact. Alex and I met via IG, and in fact, I hired her to help me with some of my own back office systems and processes. And since then, we've had a few conversations, getting to know one another better, and the work that we do, and let me tell you, the conversations have been so awesome and inspiring. So I invited her to be a guest on my show, and she accepted So I'm so excited to have her, and I would like for you all to learn more about her before we move into today's episode on the topic, Team United or Team Divided. Which team are you on? So Alex, welcome. So happy you're here. Please. I'm so happy to be here, too. (laughs) This is exciting. Yes. It is so much so. And I would like for you to share more about who you are, what you do, how you help your clients. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have, as since I was a kid, been like a problem solver. Um, I've always been to friends, to colleagues, to family members. Um, I'm not the person to come to if you're just looking to vent or complain about something over and over, I'm the person to come to if you're ready to take some action and and make a difference. Um, And to me, it's just very, that's just how my brain thinks. It starts immediately looking into, okay, what are the barriers to progress and what are the opportunities to change? Um, I just love the idea of things evolving and growing and improving. Um, I'm definitely an optimist at heart. So for the last almost four years since I started uh, my business, I work mostly with small business owners um, and small nonprofit organizations. Um, I think of it as like in the Wizard of Oz when you pull back the curtain and you see the the man behind the curtain that's pulling all the levers and buttons uh, to, to make the wizard seem really mysterious. Um, With my clients, I pull back the curtains to look at what are the structures that that are set up uh, for that organization to run how it needs to run, and are the structures in place actually what's needed to help them accomplish their big goals, or are there things that that could be stronger, things that are missing? Um, And so there's two different uh, ways I look at it. One is looking at the, the processes. Um, you know, the, the tools and protocols and, um, you know, the steps, is it clear what's expected? And the other one is looking at the, the people. Are people 
clear on what they're supposed to do? Are they clear about how each role relates to the other? Do they all have a strong sense of where they fit in the overall organization and how they contribute and what their shared goals are um, and how they relate to and work with one another? Uh, so I sort of shine a light on those different operational behind the scenes um, aspects and, and help fix it. Yes. I mean, that's so needed in organizations today. And um, small businesses, sometimes as an owner of a small business, you are wearing many hats. Mm -hmm. And so you may um, find yourself growing <laughs> and your business is growing. You're beginning to scale. You're adding on new team members. But it's so very important that we take that time to evaluate and to set up and to put into place those necessary structures, those those processes, so that way we can grow um, holistically. We can grow um, without the 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 burden of feeling like things are just so unorganized and things mm -hmm. are so chaotic. And so I like how you said that's where you come in. You come in behind the scenes. And you can shed a light on those areas that sometimes, you know, we just miss as a small mm -hmm. business owner because we're so hands on with, ev with everything. We need someone who can come in who's more objective and can see, you know, what we can't see to help us with those blind spots. Because we want to be successful in everything that we do and we want to make an impact. Like you mm -hmm. said, you know, our businesses are, we're in business to make an impact to meet mm -hmm. needs. So thank you so much, um, Alex, for sharing more with us about who you are and what it is that you do. And I know that every business owner, every company that you work with, they're just so grateful to have you on oh, the team. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, can I add one more thing to what you were just saying? Um there's actually a very cruel irony for small businesses is that you start out and if you if your initial idea and the initial approach you have and your processes are successful, um, you grow a little bit, whether that's getting more clients or hiring your first uh, person or branching out to, um, you know, a bigger audience, um, you know, that that by all means is successful. Um, but then like the bottom drops out from you because the, the process that lets you manage 10 clients at a time is going to be stretched too thin if you then are serving 15 clients at a time. Or if you have a team of two people and you have all of the communication and coordination down, but you add a third person, you need to rework those communication channels and think about how it's going to work. So mm -hmm. it, it, it seems really cruel that you almost have to start over. Um, as you grow, but but what I try to do is help clients get to the point where they think about what their basic needs are. So as they get go through each period of growth, they don't have to start from scratch. They can take the same basic idea um, and just figure out how to reconfigure it based on their new needs. But I see that all the time where a business owner thinks that they've done really well and things get really chaotic and they feel like they've failed. Um, and it, it's sort of hard to swallow that a sign of success is that <laughs> all of a sudden it feels like things could come crashing down at any minute. Mm -hmm. I know. I know exactly. I'm telling you, it's a, 
a continuous learning journey, but we do not have to be on this journey alone. Mm -hmm. There are those who we can reach out to who can help support us um, along this journey. And so I'm just so excited to be able to introduce you to everyone so that way they can hear how you are serving in the marketplace. And so um, let's go ahead then. Um, Let's go ahead and and jump right on into today's topic, which is on Team United or Team Divided. Which team are you on? And so I know we all can share um, some workplace woes. We all have some stories where we were... (laughs) on a job we were working and we were like aye, aye, aye. you know mm-hmm. we just had different thoughts it was just like mm, this is just not a good fit I you know there might have been some toxicity in the workplace it was just not culturally speaking it was just not a good fit and so there are certain um things that we can look at certain things we can um we can recognize that um will show us a sign of a team that is divided or a team that is united. And so, Alex, can you tell us what some of those common signs are of teams that are united? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think probably the biggest um, indicator of a united team is when everybody feels like they're in it for a shared goal. Even though each person may play a different role on the team, if you ask them, what's the purpose of your work or what's the outcome you're trying to achieve, um, they will tell you whatever the team goal is rather than their individual role. Um, So feeling like you, each person is a meaningful contributor to a shared whole is probably the biggest indicator. Um, and that can be really hard to do because especially if you have a team where everybody has a different skill set and they're working on, um, you know, a different, either different part of the process or, uh, you know, working with a different set of stakeholders, um, they might not really understand what other people do and how their role, uh, affects the other members of their team and how the other members of the team affect their work. And that's when you get things like turf battles or uh, people, you know, gossiping or thinking other people are deliberately trying to to slow them down or or mess things up. Um, And usually it comes down to misunderstandings and people looking at the work a different way. But if there isn't that clear sense of how each person is contributing and how everything is connected, um, it, it sort of opens up the door for that divided team and and t- potentially toxic culture. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And so I like how you said some common signs of a team that is united is that they will have a shared goal. Mm-hmm. And that if anyone from outside the organization were to ask them, you know, what is the company's mission? What is your company's goal? How they're going to respond from a team and united perspective, you know, their response is going to be a team related response. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be focused on just so much what they as an individual contribute to the team. It's going to mm-hmm. be like, hey, you know, we all work together to accomplish 
this. <laughs> yeah. And, and, know, and like, then you get into the things where, you know, if somebody, if, you know, some snag comes up while one person is working on their piece and they ask someone else for help, right? it's going to be a no brainer that the other person will jump in and help because everyone wants the project to succeed. Everyone wants no the brainer. team to succeed. You don't get the like, well, that's not technically part of my role. Exactly. We don't even have that in our vocabulary when we are on a united team right. because we share the same goal. And if you're falling short, you're struggling with your particular assignment that's contributing to the entire overall goal and mission, then we're all struggling. Mm -hmm. We're all falling short. We need to be united and jump in and support one another. Right. So, yes. And, um, you know, like you said, everyone contributes. You know, we all are in this together and it's not so much about competition. It's like we are working together to again. Yeah. To achieve something so much bigger, so much greater than us. Yeah. So, well, then you started to talk about, too, what some of the signs were for a team that were divided. So can we talk about that, too, a little bit more? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, goodness. That could <laughs> be a long conversation. Yeah, we've been weaving it in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the, the flip side of what makes a team united, you know, people don't feel like they're bought into the same goal and don't... Um, either because they don't feel supported by those around them um, or they don't trust um, or don't have confidence in the people that, that they work with. Um, mm. that, those are definitely signs of, of a divided team. Um, other signs are when team members don't feel comfortable asking questions or saying they're not sure about something, asking for clarification, or especially, and this is a really tough one, um, coming forward if they made a mistake um, or think they might make a mistake. I know people really are scared to appear vulnerable in their work and to say, I don't know, or I need help. Um, mm -hmm. But what often happens is if people are not comfortable um, you know, asking for help or, or trying to engage the group on something they're trying to figure out or admit a mistake, um, something that could be a really easy fix, uh, you know, a, a small blip in the scope of the project can become a really big problem. Mm -hmm. And you get that when there is fear, um, when people are afraid of, um, of how other people will, will treat them or there's a sense of competition um, and, you know, people feel like they're constantly being judged against other people and, um, you know, feel like, oh, if, you know, if I don't, uh, if I don't do better than this person, then I'll look bad or then, you know, I won't get a good work assignment next time. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so that sort of mistrust and inter-team, uh, competition, um, is also that's also a common sign of a, a divided team. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's huge trust. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, no big deal. Oh, right, right. No, no, not a big deal. But it is it really is such a big deal. 
And when you trust your team members, like you said, it makes sure that the, it, the individual projects, the assignments, whatever the goal is, that it can continue to move forward unhindered. But when there's a lack of trust and, and issues do arise, such as mistakes being made or someone is consistently failing to um, produce um, via the timelines, you know, meeting those deadlines. And when you have those things, those issues that occur now because of the lack of trust or because you are afraid, you aren't reaching out to your team members. You aren't reaching out for help. And so definitely a sign of a team that's divided and not working together mm -hmm. towards that common goal and I mean, what what does that look like on an, a company, on an organization? What is the impact of that? Yeah, I mean, chances are, let's say, let's say you and I are working on a team. There's, you know, six of us on a team together and we have a meeting where we talk about what we're going to do in the next week and we all leave that meeting and we're all a little bit confused, but no one really wants to speak up. So we would each make our own set of assumptions about, okay, I think this is what the boss meant and I'm gonna do this. Um, no one wants to say anything. So we go, we do what we think based on our own assumptions and interpretations. We come back together next week and we all were working from a totally different interpretation of what the plan was. So we're all pointing fingers at each other and, you know, why did you think it was going to be this way? And, you know, I thought that it was supposed to happen this way. And so this is what I did and my way is right. Um, but the pieces aren't going to fit together. It's like we all met up and brought a different pe a piece of a different puzzle and we're mad that they don't fit together. Um, and then we're all upset because we all have to do it over again, um, depending on how, uh, you know, the team leader facilitates that discussion. It might emphasize finger pointing and, you know, rather than rather than acknowledging, oh, wow, we were not clear when we had this discussion, it's going to be, oh, well, LaShondra was wrong in this assumption and Alex didn't do this right. Um, and and rather than say, this is something that we all failed at as a team because we weren't willing to speak up and ask for clarity. Um, we're all going to suffer in the long run. Um, and that's where you start to get, you know, the backroom gossip of, oh, this person isn't pulling their weight or they they never do things right. Or I don't think I think they're trying to sabotage me or they're trying to take over my job. Um, and those little uh, those little toxic thoughts that creep in um, and can turn pretty big. They can turn into really big things. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right. So when it comes to recognizing the signs of a team that is united versus a team that is divided, we just need to make sure that we're looking at the, the level of trust that is being exchanged on the teams. Look at the communication even. I mean, do we have open? Do we have honest communication? Yeah. Um, look at whether or not the the contribution level, you know, um, are we willing to work with one another, even though it may not be um, technically our 
role or our position, but are we still willing to step in and assist in any way that we can? So those are really good, Alex. Thank you so much for sharing those common signs of a team that is united versus a team that's not. So which brings me to my next question. Well, like what makes up workplace culture? Like what is it exactly? And how does that, you know, intertwine and connects to the teams yeah united or divided Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think of the culture as like the sort of invisible expectations and assumptions that um affect how we treat each other and how we think about our work um you know in any workplace there's certain shared knowledge that we all have of you know oh, this is what happens during our all staff meetings. And um, this is you know, how you do your job in order to get a good performance review. Um, or, you know, this is, um, you know, if you, if you do something wrong or make a mistake, like hide it, whatever you do, just like pretend it didn't happen and cover your tracks versus like come forward and ask for help. Um, so it's these, the unspoken, um, unwritten assumptions about how we all act and why. Um, and, and things like, like trust and comfort being vulnerable or asking for help, um, or asking somebody to, you know, if I say, hey, LaShondra, when are you going to get that report done? I really need it. You know, whether you interpret it as me being like, are you sleeping on the job? What's going on? Or you interpreting it as I'm, I want to make sure that, you know, I can meet my deadlines and I can't start my work until you finish yours. So I'm just asking where things are so I can adjust my own schedule. Um, as needed. You know, the, the exact same question can be interpreted with very different intents. And culture uh, is a big determining factor in, you know, how people interpret those types of, of questions. Yes. And a real life example, um, as Alex and I were coordinating the um the recording of this episode and everything was moving along very well and very smoothly. And I let Alex know (laughs) that I was going to um, let her know the location. So how we could both, um, you know, connect so we can record the session today. But I did not send that information until honestly this morning, but Alex emailed me yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) so we're working together as a team to record this episode and she just asked me have you shared that with me yet and um as far as like the link to connect and I had not but I just respond and I did not take it any way whatsoever as the negative simply because she asked me if I had shared that information with her there was, in my opinion, there's no, there was no need. I mean, mm-hmm. she just needed to know how to move forward accordingly. Well, <laughs> and in my to... mind, it was just <laughs> that you had sent it and I had accidentally saved it in a subfolder or deleted it that you hadn't sent it. So right, I was right. really just saying, am I missing something? But you can, I mean, we've seen, I'll probably see a million examples. Miss, 
yes, how that could easily, though, be mm-hmm. misinterpreted and someone could become offended, offended by a simple question that you asked. <laughs> exactly. But, you exactly. Know, we're just trying to say, you know, but the culture is, and because you and I both, you know, we believe in the team being united, teams being united, we were able to handle that like smoothly like oh okay yeah you know we're still moving forward we're still rolling with it I shared the information and here we are now you know still meeting the overall shared goal and vision of recording today so that was just a real live example yeah and I think another big thing about workplace culture is everybody says oh yeah I really want constructive feedback so I can get better but with most people when we receive feedback we get defensive. And a lot of that has to do with how that feedback is presented. Um, Mm -hmm. And the truth is a lot of, you know, managers, whether it's a supervisor or project manager or something, um, are not necessarily great at at planning and preparing how they give feedback. So it's taken in a constructive way. If people are made to feel like they're receiving this feedback because people really want them to get better, Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a sign of a po- really positive culture. Whereas if people see it as constantly worried they're going to be called out for not doing something well or they're going to be in trouble, I mean, nobody's perfect. We all know exactly. that, but mm-hmm. we hold other you know we hold ourselves to such a high expectation that we have to be perfect and um, and it it's it's a scary and not healthy mindset to be in so creating a positive a positive workplace culture is really um where people think that everybody has each other's backs and and they know that and feel it and you know can can do their work in that type of environment mm-hmm. i really want to say say it again for the people in the back i <laughs> they heard you <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and move to the next question that (laughs) follows up with that, which is, well, who determines the workplace culture? Like, where does that even begin? (laughs) Um, Well, initially, it it starts from from the top. I think if anybody, for anybody who starts a business or runs an office or, you know, is director of a department or something, to really, they need to think about how do I want the people who work for me and work with me to feel and what can I do to demonstrate that? Um, I think we've all worked in places where, uh, you know, I know I certainly have, where the leadership says, oh, you know, I have an open door policy and I really want feedback and ideas. But then when you go to them to have a conversation, either they never have time or they shoot you down right away. Um, and they totally mm-hmm. lack that self-awareness that they're saying one thing but doing another. And mm-hmm. so the foundations of workplace culture come from when the people who, who are in charge and in the leadership positions are actually modeling the, the values and the culture that they say they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're doing that, then the next set of people who, who come in and work for them will see that. And they'll they'll adopt that culture too, and they'll reflect it. And as as a company grows or team grows, um, as new people come in, they see the people who were there before them, um, and the people at higher positions modeling that, and and they they adapt that. Um, but it, it's really hard. I mean, 
I, I don't think enough leaders take time to think deliberately about what they want culture to be and how their behaviors reflect that. And so it ends up being a, a mishmash where, again, different people have different assumptions and some people are more self-aware in how they're practicing their culture and values than other people. Um, and so then for, for new people coming in or people at, at lower positions, it's not clear what the, what the culture is. And so you just get a lot of inconsistency um, and you know, conflicting values and conflicting approaches. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely takes intentionality on behalf of leadership yes and while leadership and those who are in management are responsible for um putting those systems and processes in place um for those who you know for the new team members as they continue to grow how important is it to weave and to be well to be intentional again about what you want the workplace culture to be like as you are developing your systems and processes. So that way it, it's carried out, it's reflected during the everyday, day-to-day mm-hmm. um, tasks, no matter who is you know, following the, the procedures that have been put into place. Yeah. So you know, just making sure that we're being intentional too, as we're developing again, those systems and processes, being mindful of the culture, you know, what, uh, you know, what is the end goal, not only for, you know, yourselves, you know, and your marketing and for those areas, but even the culture Mm -hmm. and the impact that that even have Mm -hmm. um, and can have that it has and can have on, on your company's bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like we were talking about in the beginning, the same way, um, as your business grows and evolves, your processes are going to have to change. Um, you know, the culture that worked when you're a 10 person company might not work when you're a 50 person company and you might have to rethink it. Um, if not rethinking, if the, even if the values and the main ideas are going to stay the same, but how you actually implement it, it's a lot easier to have, Mm -hmm. you know, full transparency in a, 10 person company where it's easy to get 10 people together for a monthly all staff meeting than it is when you get to 50 people. And so you need to figure out, okay, it's not feasible that we're going to have all staff meetings with this big team. So how do we make sure that all the important information gets out? What are the right channels to use and Mm -hmm. what mechanisms do we have in place so people can offer feedback or people can, um, you know, grow in their positions Um, and, you know, grow along with the company. Um, You know, these are all questions that need to be asked on a regular basis uh, so that all aspects of the company can grow and evolve together. Yes, it definitely takes a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, um, so Alex, we're coming towards the end of this episode and I have um, two more questions for you. So how does the workplace culture impact productivity? And I believe, you know, we have been touching on it as we have been um, speaking, but also 
with that, as you're answering, can you go ahead and, and touch on how you support organizations in creating a workplace? Yeah. That encourages teams to be united systematically and, you know, it, it supports that positive workplace culture. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I can answer those together. Um, so the way culture affects productivity is do people feel supported and like they have what they need to succeed and that their company, uh, whether it's the whole organization or just their their manager, their team leader is setting them up for success. And so for a leader who's trying to set the culture and says, okay, I want people to feel supported. I want people to feel like they can ask for help. I want them to feel um, appreciated and, and, you know, that they can grow in this position. So what does that mean? How do you actually do that? Um, well, you probably want it to be easy for them to access the information that they need to access. So if that's an issue, then I might work with the company on building a shared drive um, or organizing a shared drive so that, um, you know, things like workplace policies and templates are all in one place and everybody can get it. So you don't have that like, oh, I can't find what I need and people not being sure they have the right version or can't find something. And so there's a lot of confusion. Um, so that's one way culture can impact productivity. Um, another is if you have that culture of trust and shared values, um, each person is not only clear on what their role is, but what other people's roles are and how it all fits together. So how that might come in the culture is when you start a new project, you spend a little bit more time making sure everybody understands the process and understands where they fit in and understands who they're going to be working with when and what are the potential um, challenges that might come in so that they can uh, expect it and work together. And so what I might do to work with a client on that is um, to implement some project management processes. So let's come up with a template for creating the project schedule and let's talk about um, what are the questions each person has about each different step, what's the information that they're gonna need to know in order to do their job the best they can. So a conversation up front clarifying roles and expectations and making sure that the deadlines for, for the different steps um, are actually feasible and that each person who's gonna be working on it buys into the deadlines. Um, so those are those are a couple examples is, you know, I just ask my clients, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? What is the end goal? And what processes or structures or expectations can we put in place to make sure that that you get there to make sure you're doing it the way that that you want to do it? Mm -hmm. So good. Thank you so much, Alex, for being a guest on my show here at Agents of Grace HQ podcast. And I have just truly enjoyed this conversation. And Me too. I really, <laughs> and I really sincerely hope that um, our listeners, that they have been able to find everything that we have shared inspirational and educational I hope that it has um, ministered to them and that it inspires them to 
you know, you know, sometimes we can't control the things that other people do, but what we can do on our end as an individual to still contribute to the overall team goal and mission. I'm just hoping that, you know, that is what we will do. Mm -hmm. Um, Just continue to lead by example, no matter what our position is, no matter what our role is. So thank you, Alex. Well, um, that is all for today. But, you know, I mean, we had such a great conversation. I may invite you back, Alex. You know, I always <laughs> love talking to you. We could we could talk for hours and, and still have more to, to talk about so anytime. <laughs> yes, yes. So please tell us how, if someone would like to contact you directly, how can they contact you? Are you on social media? Um, yes, I am. So my company's name is AIS Collaborations, um, and I have uh, I have a website. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram, um, and my email is just alex at aiscollaborations.com. All right. Thank you so much, Alex, for that. And I mean, stay tuned. I just believe, Alex, you and I have more collabora- um, collaborations as oh, well, you and I. Absolutely. <laughs> So I'm very much so looking forward to it. Well, all right, Alex um, and listeners, that is all for today. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. And um, this has been very, very um, needed, these conversations. So I hope that it continues even once the show ends and that we will continue to be and cultivate teams that are united. All right. Goodbye. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with a friend. Also, follow me on Instagram at Agents of Grace HQ and visit my website often at www.agentsofgrace.org to stay updated on the latest happenings. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. LaShondra Fains here as your host of Agents of Grace HQ, where we are bringing you an eclectic experience of ministry, connection, education, and inspiration. Until next time, continue to seek Jesus, his heart, his mind, his time. Goodbye.